And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Kicking off Fantasy Football's Championship Week on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. Hello everybody, it is Monday, December 21st, this is Fantasy Football in 15, and this is Week 16, or just about, with one game still left to be played in Week 15, but many of you listening to this episode have already moved on to your championship games, congratulations, we are going to help you start getting ready for them right here on Fantasy Football in 15, Michael Beller joined by Derek Van Riper, DVR, how you doing coming out of the weekend? Pretty well, trying to squeak through in the Scott Fishbowl on Monday, so really just hoping that other teams aren't scoring a lot of points because I don't have any players going in that game. Well, Steelers and Bengals doesn't feel like the sort of game where there's going to be a ton of points put up on the board, especially from Cincinnati's side, so we'll we'll be pulling for you for sure in the wings back here, Derek, but uh, let's get to what we did see on Sunday, and someone who probably carried a lot of people to their fantasy championships Jalen Hurts, another monster game, much bigger than the first one he had as the Eagles started. The Eagles lost this game to the Cardinals, but no fault of Hurts. 338 yards, three touchdowns through the air, 11 carries for 63 yards, and another score on the ground. One of the biggest games from a quarterback that we've seen all season, and now entrenched as the starter gets a Week 16 matchup with Dallas. I mean, Derek, I feel like you would have to have one of the elite group of quarterbacks to be sitting Jalen Hurts this week. Yeah, I haven't looked at all the matchups quite yet for Week 16, but Jalen Hurts was already in the conversation as a mid-pack quarterback going into this matchup against the Cardinals. He played really well again overall, continues to show a really nice rushing floor, and he's just breathed some life into this Eagles offense after a season in which Carson Wentz was awful and turning the ball over. It's really a big turnaround for the Eagles, and it's actually helped breathe a little bit of life into some of their other Uh, other weapons in this offense too. I mean, Miles Sanders, maybe you could argue that now he's got a quarterback who's even more of a threat to just keep the ball around the goal line. But Mm -hmm. I think Sanders just looks more like himself now than he did really at any point since week two this season. So all in all, two thumbs up on the Eagles offense and Jalen Hurts at this point. Someone else who we could be talking about in Week 16 is Le'Veon Bell. Clyde Edwards-Alaire left the Chiefs Saints game late with what appeared, at least to the naked eye, to be a serious, significant injury. Le'Veon Bell already had a touchdown in the game before CEH went down with the injury. He would obviously stand to be the guy who is handling the bulk of the work out of Casey's backfield if CEH is indeed done. Uh, Week 16, a matchup with the Falcons. How comfortable would you feel starting Le'Veon Bell there? We just saw Leonard Fournette have a multi-touchdown game against the Falcons in Week 15. I mean, I think we could see something similar from Bell, just given how explosive the Chiefs' offense is and given that there is a role for him in the passing game as well. Obviously, Kelsey Hill, Watkins, those guys are all healthy. They're going to get theirs. Mikkel Hardman's coming off a pretty big target volume in the game against the Saints as well. But 
Bell could be the kind of guy that takes 75 or 80% of the touches in this backfield if Clyde Edwards-Hilaire misses time. So I think he goes from an afterthought in fantasy to someone you actually would feel pretty good about starting, at least as a flex play in championship week. Hey, you think about all the running backs that we were talking about in Week 15, and if Le'Veon Bell was part of that discussion in Week 15, he definitely would have been in that big group of wide receiver twos when we were talking about Tony Pollard getting a start, and we'll talk about him in a second here, talking about Jeff Wilson, Le'Veon Bell definitely going to be part of that group for Championship Week. And hey, maybe Savan Ahmed is as well. 23 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown in Miami's win over New England. Also got three targets, didn't do anything meaningful as a receiver, but the three targets are nice. Matt Breida was uh, was effective as a ball carrier too, 12 carries for 86 yards, but Ahmed, whenever he's been healthy, has been the back of choice for Brian Flores and the Dolphins. Week 16 at the Vegas Raiders, we've seen them get torched on the ground before. Ahmed, to me, Derek, also another guy in this RB2 group for Week 16. Yeah, I think he is. I think you have to assume a more normal game script in the future, at least Mm -hmm. in terms of the run-pass balance, if the Dolphins get healthier with that group of pass catchers. If they get even one of Devontae Parker or Mike Gesicki back, they could be a little less run-heavy. Just between the two of them, Ahmed and Breida had 35 combined carries and went over 200 yards against the Patriots. So, you know, that's the one wrinkle that could take away from the running game as a whole. But I think we have Ahmed sort of safely in front of Breida right now. Uh, If Miles Gaskin were to return, that would be the real wrench, I think, in the Dolphins' backfield that would maybe lead me to come down a bit on Salva and Ahmed. Something to keep your eye on this week in Miami. Marquise Brown, someone who we had left for dead in the fantasy world a couple of weeks ago, and this is now four straight games that he has delivered from a fantasy context. The first three of those, he gave you touchdowns. He did not do that in the Ravens' win over the Jaguars in Week 15, but he did catch six of seven targets for 98 yards. Over the last four games, he now has 17 catches for 272 yards and three touchdowns, and we we have seen a version of of the Ravens offense that looks a whole lot more like the 2019 one than what we saw for the first three months of this season, Derek. So week 16 against the Giants, Marquise Brown, I think he at least has to be in that wide receiver three discussion. Yeah, he's safely back in there for me. I mean, just the fact that when Lamar Jackson only threw it 22 times against the Jags, seven targets went to Marquise Mm -hmm. Brown. Almost a third of the target share was there. I think between Brown and Andrews, those two guys are going to get half or more of the Ravens targets in any given week. And with Brown, you know, he can score from pretty much anywhere on the field. So given that matchup against the Giants, given some of the injuries they've got on the defensive side of the ball right now, I'd feel fine about Brown as a wide receiver three going into a championship matchup. Yeah, James Bradbury did not play against the Browns for the Giants on Sunday Night Football in Week 15. That's really the big guy to watch in their secondary if he is indeed out again. Marquise Brown is someone who you're probably going to be feeling maybe better about starting in Week 16 than you have in any week since like Week 1 or 2, Derek, which, I mean, that's just how fantasy football seems to work in any season. Uh, How about the San Francisco backfield? Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert uh, split the work again in uh, Week 15. We should say that Raheem Mostert left the game late with an ankle injury so that's something that we will be keeping our eye on over the next couple of days but once again it was Jeff Wilson who gave you the better fantasy game he had 16 carries turned that into 60 yards and a touchdown Raheem Mostert 14 carries for 68 yards Jeff Wilson also had four targets Raheem Mostert had zero I mean I don't think any of us thought this was going to be the case a couple weeks ago but if you look back over the usage for the last few weeks Jeff Wilson is the San Francisco back you want not Raheem Mostert 
Yeah, I think a lot of that comes from how Wilson is used inside the 10-yard line too, right? A lot of chances around the goal line, that comes in pretty big. Those are extremely valuable touches. I think Mostert's injury is worth pointing out. I think you're right to call that out because if Mostert were completely healthy, this could have been a 20-touch day for him. That doesn't necessarily mean that Wilson would have been an afterthought, though. I think they can right, split right. the workload in a way where both actually have some fantasy value, uh, especially in a matchup like the one they had in Week 15 against the Cowboys. That was a great spot for this backfield as a whole. Uh, so I feel okay about Wilson. I think given the uncertainty with Mostert's ankle for Week 16, especially if Wilson's available in your league, he's basically a must-add at this point, if not for yourself, but to keep him away from somebody else in your league, keep him away from the person that's playing against right. you. Week 16, they are at Arizona, that Arizona team that gave up the big game to Jalen Hurts. 17 carries for 64 yards for Miles Sanders. In that one, Miles Sanders also had one big catch for 26 yards. So gives you maybe a little bit of an idea of how those San Francisco backs could be used. And if Jeff Wilson is the guy who is alone in the backfield, definitely feels like someone you would want to fire up in championship week. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Customers are rushing to your store. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a mm, real POS? You need Shopify for retail. Shopify POS is your command center for your retail store. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify has everything you need to sell in person. With Shopify, you get a powerhouse selling partner that effortlessly unites your in-person and online sales into the one source of truth. Track every sale across your business in one place and know exactly what's in stock. Connect with customers in line and online. Shopify helps you drive store traffic with plug-and-play tools built for marketing campaigns from TikTok to Instagram and beyond. Get hardware that fits your business. Take payments by smartphone, transform your tablet into a point-of-sale system, or use Shopify's POS Go mobile device for a battle-tested solution. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash theathletic, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash theathletic to take your retail business to the next level today. Shopify.com slash theathletic. All right, Derek, a couple of other running back situations to take a look at. The first one is in Dallas. As I said, we would get to this one. Tony Pollard, this was the surprise of Sunday morning, uh, sort of out of nowhere. Ezekiel Elliott uh, was made inactive by the Cowboys. This was something that we were like, yeah, you know, he's questionable, but he's going to play. And then, boom, 90 minutes before kickoff, inactive. Tony Pollard gets the start, gives you 69 yards and two touchdowns on the ground on 12 carries. Six catches on nine targets for 63 yards as a receiver. We should say that the last touchdown, a 40-yard touchdown run that he had, was 
one of those fluky plays with uh, Dallas just trying to get one first down to end the game where he broke through the line and suddenly had nothing in front of him but green. So more descriptive of what he did in Week 15 than predictive of what he could do as the starter in Dallas. But let's talk about that. Let's uh, imagine a world in which Ezekiel Elliott doesn't return in Week 16. I think a pretty realistic world given where Dallas is right now against the Eagles. Is Tony Pollard as easy a start in Week 16 as he was in Week 15? Yeah, more or less, I think he is, because you're looking at a guy that takes an overwhelming share of the touches. He can be used in those passing down situations, you know, comparing him to Jeff Wilson and Le'Veon Bell, who we talked about a bit earlier. I think the workload is even more favorable for Pollard than it is for those other two backs. So he might jump to the absolute front of the line. If we find out that Zeke is, in fact, done for the season, Tony Pollard becomes someone that is probably an RB2 in Week 16 against the Eagles. I mean, look at what we're talking about here going into championship week. Savan Ahmed, Jeff Wilson, Tony Pollard, potentially Le'Veon Bell, and now also J.D. McKissick. Who would have thought that this would be a world we'd be living in where, like, if you had to start three of those guys in week 16 in your championship game, you really wouldn't feel all that bad about it, right? It's crazy. But uh, J.D. McKissick is the last <laughs> one we have to get into here. Uh, 13 carries for 51 yards, nine catches on 10 more targets, 56 yards, and a touchdown through the air. So that's 107 yards and a touchdown on 22 touches for J.D. McKissick in Washington's very tough loss to the Seattle Seahawks. And, you know, Derek, all of us were a little bit concerned about what J.D. McKissick's role was going to look like with Dwayne Haskins as the starter. Maybe not his role, but how effective that role would be going from someone like Alex Smith, who we knew was going to make the most out of McKissick, to someone like Dwayne Haskins, whose game just isn't at the level that Alex Smith is in terms of using a very effective pass catching back. Well, no concerns anymore. Nine grabs on those 10 targets. I think J.D. McKissick is someone who is close to being locked into lineups against Carolina in Week 16. Yeah, I mean, if Peyton Barber hadn't vultured that short TD, it would have been a great day for J.D. McKissick. But that usage in the passing game has been there consistently, and it was still a very good day anyway because over 100 yards from scrimmage, like you said, a heavy volume of receptions in PPR PPR leagues really bumps things up for him as well. Uh, I was really surprised to see a 13-4 to carry advantage for McKissick Mm -hmm. over Barber. So if Antonio Gibson doesn't come back for championship week, I'm with you on McKissick. This is a Panthers defense that can absolutely be had. I think McKissick is versatile enough where you like his floor regardless of the game script at this point and regardless of who's under center for the Washington football team. And we should remind you, too, that in week 14, the first game without Antonio Gibson, the game that Antonio Gibson left early, J.D. McKissick, 11 carries in that game for Washington. So that's now two games in a row here. He has been the clear leader of the backfield for the Washington football team. Antonio Gibson, the guy to watch here, not Peyton Barber, but we are feeling very good about J.D. McKissick. And hopefully you are feeling good about your fantasy team because that means you are playing for a championship. We are going to wrap things up on this episode of Fantasy Football in 15. If you are not yet an Athletic subscriber and you still are looking for a great gift, we've got you covered right here. Go to theathletic.com slash footballin15. Buy a subscription for yourself. You deserve it. Treat yourself this holiday season, and then we'll give you one for free that you can gift to a friend, family member, an enemy, really anyone. Just give it to someone. Uh, for Derek Van Riper, I am Michael Beller, Fantasy Football in 15, back with you tomorrow. Until then, thanks for listening. Good luck if you need anything in Steelers and Bengals to get to your championship games. We'll talk to you soon.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.